Hey guys, this is Janie and I am back with another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. So what we have coming up is called the Rebirth of Divine Feminine Energy and I'm speaking with Miss Latanya Taylor. Latanya is amazing, guys. She has a wealth of information. She is a transformational psychology educator, and she helps women turn blind spots into breakthroughs and feminine mental wealth. So you probably have seen her doing her thing, coaching millions on Ayana Fix My Life. Um, But we really go deep on this podcast. It's amazing how the Mother God energy brought us together because I've seen her on another uh, show And I just had to reach out to her because our listeners needed some of this energy and uh, you will not be disappointed. So sit back, relax, and I will catch you guys at the next episode. Welcome back to another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. This is your host, Russell Bruce and the beautiful Jamie Charlotte, as we continue to bring you more amazing content to all matters of the heart and soul as we awaken humanity to all things within. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Enjoy. All that they don't know how to do it to win this war is to know that you don't have to, you know, go by the creator. When you tap into your consciousness, exactly. you so you be in the most positive about your day and you're excited about your day like charged up because what exists in you starts in the mind you can't see the mental spiritual realm and they're going to manifest in the physical if they're using anything we have to be unified and just because somebody has person is 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 bringing love and compassion and light you powerful Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. My name is Janie and we are back with another episode and I am really, really, really excited about this episode. We're talking all about divine feminine energy and I have with me Miss Latanya Taylor. And uh, you've probably seen her doing her thing, coaching millions, you know, on um, Ayana Fix My Life or Married to Medicine or doing other producing on a Boss Chick's Guide. So she is a transformational psychology educator, and she helps women turn blind spots into breakthroughs and feminine mental wealth. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Latonya, can you just kind of tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how did you get on this path? Okay. Uh, So I am affectionately known as the Rev Coach, the Juicy Spirit Mama, the Priestess of Purpose, Pleasure, Passion, and Profits. And it took me years to get that level of clarity because I had to go through my own rebirths in order to answer the call on my life because I didn't make just one stop along my journey. You know, I was born in the South. um, So I say that I grew up spiritually bilingual because I lived in a family that was half Catholic and half Baptist. So I went to the Catholic church and then sometimes I'd leave there and go to the Baptist church. Uh And um, so that was the beginning of me becoming spiritually multilingual because my journey just didn't stop there. I just, in college, I got called to study and, and, and explore 
the Bible in the relationship to melanated people and the history of melanated people. And that's how I got introduced to the Nation of Islam. And then, um, of course, I began a year, uh, uh, well, years of, of service to my people. And so I have been very community centered and, and a community builder. So even in my own community, I have people from all walks of life who have known me when, you know, they knew me at Southern, they knew me in the nation, they knew me um, later on when I started to take more of a metaphysical journey. Mm -hmm. And that is what led me to become a metaphysician. And I thought that I would never uh, be ordained or go to the church or that go back to the church after I got free. And then my path took on other um, other layers and pathways where I became, I got ordained in a Baptist church that was very progressive. And then I've, I've gone on lately to be a, become a priestess of the Lukumi tradition. And so I am also known as Ia Latanya. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you from Louisiana? Did you grow up in Louisiana? I am I'm from Mississippi by way of New Orleans. Okay. I say that Vicksburg, Mississippi is my heart, my hometown, and New Orleans is my heart town. Okay. I grew up in Louisiana, but I went to undergrad in Monroe. So I'm familiar with Vicksburg and that whole little area, right? Yeah, there. you should be. Absolutely. Right yeah. across the bridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I grew up Catholic. So let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Sure. Because I feel that, um, and we know the history of that religion, and I feel like a lot of people are trapped in that. Tell me about your journey from, like you said, Baptist and Catholic, and then just kind of exploring and being called. Okay. And leaving that well, behind. We know the history of that religion, but the mm -hmm. average person does not know the history of anything that they're practicing. I don't care whether it's Christianity, Islam, or Buddhism, unless they come from another uh, another place. Most people in America, most of us mm -hmm. in America inherited the thing that we're doing and we're taught not to question it, which is a form of oppression and suppression of truth. And so um, I didn't know, you know, I thought when I was in Catholic school, I went to Catholic school and everything, girl. And uh, I thought- Everybody there did. Yeah, I thought I was going to be a nun. I was in wow. love with God and religion. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know that that was the beginning of my call mm -hmm. to some to, to, to ministry. Like it's all over my natal chart. It's everywhere. So I didn't know. And so um, when I, um, when I, let me see, I started, it really was college. Mm -hmm. That I, it wasn't until college that I kind of defected from the good old Southern way. You know, my family would have been absolutely happy if I had continued to the journey the way they set out and the way many of them continued the journey. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, the nation was the beginning of me, uh, my eyes opening mm -hmm. and learning how much we had been deceived. I actually went through a period of absolute anger because mm -hmm. I was a scholar and I was one who studied. And I thought about all the teachers that I loved who I felt lied to me. And I, I thought about, and so I went down like an inventory list, like, why didn't they tell me? <laughs> but they didn't know. And that's what I realized in my journey. They just, they didn't know. They were also taught this way. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there is a segment now as, as an adept, when we continue to study, we also have to accept that there is a segment that does know and yeah. intentionally withholds information from our people. And they, as Rod Hayes says, they look like us, but they ain't us. That's true. That is so true. So let's talk about what's happening now. We know okay. that there's an awakening. I've felt it for the last seven years, and that's been a big part of my journey. We know that especially the divine feminine energy is definitely rising on the planet. So let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> my favorite subject. <laughs> yes. So can you tell me what is divine feminine energy and why is it so important right now for our women, especially melanated women, to know who they are and to kind of at least be open to what that means? Well, the, this is absolutely my favorite subject, right? Because when we talk about divine feminine energy, I always say, that the very mothers of civilization are, are the ones who are the secret. They don't, the secret is being kept from the mothers of civilization. The average melanated woman has no clue of what we're talking about. And I have to say that out loud, Janie, because um, I'm surrounded over the years, I've built a community uh, of people around me who speak energy, who do personal development work. And then when I go out into the larger fields, I still, I, I bump into, wait a minute, you got to break this down. When people say, oh, you're so deep. When you talk to the average person about divine feminine energy, they recoil. I agree, yeah. And, and it's hard to accept, they recoil. I remember when I first started to really tap into divine feminine energy, I kind of lurked around it for, for, a, for a minute. I, I lurked. But what helped me to understand divine feminine energy was I was a metaphysician who came from a community of, of female teachers. Now get this, this is so deep. This is how you know when your steps are ordered. Get this, get this, get this. I believe that those who are first responders to divine feminine energy are the ones that the divine mother is calling to be in leadership and to lead. I think that there's a first round of us. Let me tell you why. I was listening to some old teaching from uh, Mother Tainetta Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. Uh, Sister Ava Muhammad, who was the first minister, female minister who led a mosque in the nation of Islam. These were my mentors. Mm -hmm. But at the time, my consciousness didn't connect the dot. They were already talking about the female presence of God. Yeah. And I didn't, it didn't land as divine feminine energy at that time because I was so into the religious practice. Okay, so I have a lot of of compassion in my heart for a lot of people, a lot of those who are still asleep to this energy. Yeah, we women, women, we go the church and all these pastors, they do fee, women conferences, female empowerment. So they say. But until we own that the, the omission 
of the presence and the power of the woman. See, there is no Jesus with, without Mary. So who was Mary? She had to be sacred. She had to be something mighty fabulous that her womb would bring forth the Girl, am I getting too excited? No, I got I mean, you. I'm, you know, I'm I get real. You know. I am so with you, and <laughs> and I love this because in my own journey, it was an awakening to that unconditional love of the mother God, that mother energy. Mm -hmm. Because we've only known the father God. He yeah. is good, the patriarchal, the, but we have suppressed what that, that feminine mother energy is. And yes. now it's so important because without love, without compassion, without empathy, without healing, we're going to yes. always see a nation of war. We're going to see yes. a nation that's desolate. We're going to yes. see a nation that's without birth, to be yes. honest. And the thing is, it's been all around all of us, right? Yes. Because we have the shrine of the of the Black Madonna right here in Atlanta. You you see that no, even I did all... not know that. I did not know that. Yeah, and I've been to it. That's another thing. Like it's, I think that women who say yes to this journey, um, to explore that their divine feminine, you start to awaken and see that there were signs all around you all oh, the time. But we're so heavily distracted by such a patriarchal world that keeps us in survival mode that we don't pay attention a lot of times. A lot of women have a pain body yep. relationship with the divine. So you don't typically come into your divine feminine until you get tired of shame, tired of guilt. You understood that you followed all the rules. I have a Facebook group um, on, 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 uh, well, I have a group on Facebook that, um, used to be called good girls gone goddess. And now I have written an ebook about that because it resonated with so many women who were the good girls. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just, I don't know you that well, but I would, I would guess that you probably was one of those good girls. You got I feel good you. I feel you on that. <laughs> I feel you on that. And you know, when you're in your life, sometimes and I don't want to say being the good girl, right? But it's being righteous. It's knowing that you are living by a moral compass. You know that yeah. there's this spirit in you and that there is a right and a wrong way. And mm -hmm. that when you when you live by that, sometimes you don't, the world don't perceive you well, right? Now, I want us to clarify because I know that some people think that when we speak of the divine feminine, it's not that we're speaking of this in... Um, above the divine masculine it is in alignment and is in harmony with our divine masculine yeah when we look at any of what what religion all the religions have been um born from um uh, and have taken a lot of principles from we see egypt and when you would when you when you look at egypt um or ancient kemet you see that there was a divine feminine and a divine masculine equal or match, a divine feminine complement, a divine masculine complement, even if there were more than one. This singular sol solarity that we see now is not our creation. It is the creation of our children who were given a time period to rule the world. And so they have done an excellent job, but it comes from, it, it has, it truly 
has been from the principle of divide and conquer. So how do you divide and conquer? You begin to take everything and you flip it and you make everything about the woman like Eve. So you open up your Bible and you have an Eve consciousness that women are evil. And people literally believe that women are evil, yeah. not knowing that there was a Lilith. Okay. Yeah. There was a Lilith and who is honored in Jewish tradition, who Jewish tradition borrows a lot of their practice from ancient African practices. I mean, I could, we could go on and on. I, I was talking to a woman the other day and she's, and, and we, and she, her, she loves it when I talk about juicy, which is my book, right? And so most people hear juicy and they automatically think of the, 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 the sex and the orgasm, which is how a lot of women end up studying the divine physical, um, um, feminine is because many of them are sexually dissatisfied and unfulfilled. And so they end up studying, pursuing the sexual experience or sensuality and the freedom around sensuality. And so people, all all women love that. I don't care, you know, even if yeah. they're wearing a hijab. Yeah. But when we start talking about the true cosmic power of the divine feminine, sometimes it makes people uncomfortable because they feel like they got to give up whatever they've been taught in religion. And maybe you do, but it's at your own pace. And one thing she said to me, she said, when you talk about ancestors and all those different things, She's like, I don't understand that. That's not the part that I want to emphasize though. It's when she said, I don't know anything about history. I don't even know the history of the Christianity I practice. I'm not interested in that. And it's not the first time that I've heard that when I was heavy in my transition, I had friends who said, you, you know all those technicalities. Well, the, those are the things that's going to set us free, set yeah. our families free. And, and change the direction of the pathology, I call them, well, some people call them generational curses. I call them generational patterns because we're locked in these patterns where the woman, the matriarch is very, very important yeah. in us understanding. And, and the way that we have, have omitted the divine feminine in all of the major religions it is the, it is the, uh, what do they say? The chicken coming home to roost. Is that how that thing goes? We, mm -hmm. we see that happening on the planet right now. Yep. It's here. And um, let me ask you, so how do, how do we encourage? How can, or how can people that's out there, women, all right, be encouraged to be open to this information? If all they know is Catholic, all they know is Christianity, how are Baptists, whatever, how Pentecostal, Koji. all of it, right? <laughs> all of it. How can they begin to be open to this information? I I say start at the womb. The yeah. very thing that you came through. Yeah. yeah. Every That's one of us. Advice. Every one of us came through the womb. If we can agree that the womb is a sacred place, then we can start to look at the entry point beyond the physical. What the womb represents, every womb holder, every person who is a womb holder can, if that is the equalizer for our conversation to begin. Because every this is this is when when women come together and begin to have these types of conversations, we create a womb for us to be reborn. Yep. 
I got I just got chills on that. So I know that that is the truth. And we have to we have to do this because it's so important for our our masculine to know, but our children to know. And this is how we change, like you said, those generational patterns. Yes. Starts, of course, correct. And now is the time. Yes. Now is is absolutely the time. Um, And, you know, I I promise you, like, you know, I come from a corporate corporate government world. Um, so easing into this thing, this ministry of mine, um, and not really mine actually, <laughs> um, has not always been easy, right? And it's gotten to the point so strong for me that the mother has been saying, "Nope, you got to be. I have to be in everything you do." Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you, you get it? Oh yeah. Because you know I mean? we're it's coming through us. It's not us. Yeah. I say that all the time. It's in yeah. me, as me, and through me. I'm literally just the vessel to allow this energy to come through because that's yeah. how we anchor down the mother God energy on the earth. That's how we do it. That's how we anchor it down. You just said it. Yeah. And and I, I I cannot, you know, I did write a book called My Juicy Rebirth, right? This is Yeah, well, I want to talk about that too. Am, um, Amazon. And it is because I was, um, I wanted to be a mother. So I thought, right, mm-hmm. that's all of those Southern um, values were running my tape really in many ways. And so I made some choices and decisions. And I remember when I started to do womb prayers, mm-hmm. prayers from my womb, through my womb. And that is when all the revelation came. I I cannot, I already was ordained, metaphysician, all of that. And I am telling you this, this, this work with the divine mother, the divine feminine sets you apart from even those who are metaphysicians and spiritualists, because there are metaphysicians who, who just replace their traditional religion with the metaphysical language, but has had no true rites of passage. And that is what I experienced. I experienced my own rites of passage through my divine feminine. And I cannot emphasize that enough. When a woman begins to invite her the restoration of her memory, of her divinity, of her feminine power, you begin to activate your Akashic records and you go on a journey that is a rites of passage that the that God, spirit, your ancestors are guiding you through. Your That's teacher, that. when they say, when the student is ready, the teacher, teacher will appear. Will appear. <laughs> that is facts. And, and I'll tell you firsthand my entire experience, my entire okay. experience. And what I learned was that I just had to keep saying yes. I surrender. Yes. Yes. And the next thing pops up and the next thing shows up and the next door opens up. You just have to be a willing, open vessel. But I agree with you because you mentioned that most people don't get to this until they've said, I've had enough. Something in their life, some pattern keeps showing up, keeps showing up. And they're like, okay, no, I'm clearly not getting it right. Something else has to happen. So we hope that people don't have to get to that point to invite that divine mother in. Cause that's all it is. Once mm-hmm. you invite that energy in and be willing to surrender, it's yeah. here. 
And yes. this will heal your entire mind, body, spirit completely. It will heal your mother wound. Yes. It will heal your relationship with money. It will heal your relationship with your sensuality and your sexuality. It will heal for, because see, once you heal your relationship with, with that divine feminine, you're basically healing your relationship with God. Most of us have a fear-based relationship with God, a performance management-based relationship. And so even for women, if you're watching, I double dog dare you to change your language from he to she for about 30 days. Oh my God. When you pray, change your language from he to she. Then when you do that, okay, now that you can understand, and if you can't do that or, or pick one, put your name in it. Yeah. <laughs> Because we're so folk externally focused on a God outside of ourselves. That is the, the, the cognitive dissonance that we meet when we, that people think that they need to be gatekeepers for uh, institution. And that happens a lot. That is happening. That is happening. That's why. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the feminine wounds that okay. need to be healed and cleared sure. um because one of the things that in my journey i realized there's feminine energy you got wounded feminine energy you got healed feminine energy and then you have divine feminine energy yes, and yes, yes. if you don't know nothing about divinity figure out at least if you're wounded or at least you're on your journey to being healed yes yes, yes. so what are some of the big traumas that we need to heal in our feminine energy right now in this okay moment. and let's so, start with our melanated women okay i want to i want to 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 talk about it from a um collective consciousness first because yeah um this does include others who yep. are not non-melanated right and here's what i mean by that there, when we see a fall of any civilization, right? We have to say, okay, if the, if we are falling, what did we do mm -hmm. to fall? It's so easy to keep on talking about a slave narrative and an oppressed oppression narrative. But what did we do if we were gods? What did, what happened that 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 we weren't? Okay. If we're the mothers of civilization, what happened? And fathers of civilization, what happened? So I think that there is a, a history, a collective history that even some of the, the most red, black, and green conscious folks don't want to deal with. We have to look at that because on the collective level, we're looking for people who are our children to accept us. No, they don't know. We have to awaken and remember who we are on the collective level, melanated men and women, right? At the same time, there has to be some atonement from others. I often tell many of my sisters in, in other tribes um, who have good intentions and a good heart, they want to do a lot of uh, cleaning up their karma from their ancestors as well. But there, there has to be an atonement there, right? There has to be an acknowledgement that my line, I might not have done it, but my line. So I think we have to do it. They have to do it. That's from on the collective. Mm 
Um, and on the group level, I think the transition that we see in our communities and in our institutions is that a lot of churches, um, mosques are now have, they're, they're either protecting, they're the gatekeepers or they're the gate openers to new consciousness. There mm -hmm. is a, a deconstruction happening for mo many people who have been programmed through traditional religion that omitted the woman, that omitted um, so many other things. Because when you omit, you know, the woman, you're omitting cult so much cultural wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. So I think that there, when we start talking about the reform of institutions, it, it's it, that's also not going to be permission. The people in these institutions have to demand that, right? It's a very evolutionary, revolutionary place to be. And so those who are asking for permission in our political systems, right? Um, because many of them have been built on patriarchy, right? And so we think that we've done something just because a person is female. I want to go back to your point. Just because a person is female does not mean that they are in the are walking in the divine feminine, that they are safe for women. Because there are there are women, and this is why I think the study of womanhood and the, the divine feminine and archetypes, because understanding that there are people who play the role of the nemesis who are women. They are gatekeepers. They're, they are um, they they are blocks. They are not the ones to help. And we and we let games be played on us all the time. Now, the most important factor in all of this is the individual. Because there are so many melanated women who are wounded in their own bloodline through their by their own mother, their own relationship with their mother or their grandmother. And there's a toxic feminine history in their own bloodline. And the world does not give melanated women in our community permission to say, my mother hurt me. We say, oh, that's your mama, baby. She did the best that she could. She could. So we gaslight women, young women who, who say, that they were hurt or wounded, or I didn't feel supported by the mother. At the same time, when you do the work, you won't stay there because as you learn your wound, as you heal and release your own wounds, you'll see mama didn't know either. There was a systemic erasure of the divine feminine. Can I can I just say that again, uh, Janie? You can there's say a, that again. If there was a systemic erasure of the melanated divine feminine systemically and other people who don't who who in other tribes in other countries they some of them don't know either mm -hmm. so we come into knowledge oftentimes assuming people knew right We'd be so surprised. And that is what, why we see the nefarious activities happening on the planet because people are asking questions. People, there are other people who are standing in solidarity with truth regarding these religions. They too are waking up. Mm -hmm. Now, how would you recommend when you're coming into this new knowledge because it's shocking sometimes and you are angry and you're like, what? All this time, 
why didn't nobody tell me this? How do you integrate new knowledge while allowing the old knowledge to die off? The old mm -hmm. energies, because when you when you get new energy and the old energy is dying off, as you know, it could be very chaotic in your own body. It could be very mm -hmm. chaotic. Oh, so God, what do again. you recommend for people who's currently in that part and it feels chaotic because, you know, you're sensitive to the people around you. You, you know, you, you realize mm -hmm. your parents in ABC, you may not even want to deal with them. But we know it's it's a, all a balance and a harmony of the energies. So what do you recommend people to stay in peace while they're going through this part? I say get in, get into a community of other like-minded people. Do not be out here thinking just because you're Googling something that you you now have evolved. It it it, it grates my whatever, you know, when people say, Oh, I'm healed, I'm free, just because you read a book. No, you have awareness. Awareness is the first stage of awakening. Yeah. Acknowledgement is the second stage of awakening. Acknowledgement is when you actually now move awareness into your personal experience. And then after those, there are other stages and they vary for other for, for many people. But the most important um, is action. You have to now actively move yourself, right? Feed yourself. And, and to be around other people in the transition. Now, I didn't always have uh, transitory communities when I started deconstructing religion. Mm -hmm. I know that there are whole ministries that are progressive and building on, on deconstruction now. It's a beautiful thing, even though I'm so far removed from um, the rigidity of church and institution. I've always said I can move in and out of anything because I've walked the path. I've literally, I didn't just study it. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to, to seminary and study about Islam and then get up and do a, a sermon on. No, I walked in yeah. Islam. Yeah. I've studied Buddhism, but I've walked and gone into the Buddhist temple. I've done the things to, 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 uh, to, to explore. So I think people have to give themselves permission to explore. Uh, a, a, a part of the feminine arts is also being willing to ask questions. We have a general, we've given birth, Gen Xers have given birth to a generation, um, maybe boomers, because some say that it's more boomers who birth uh, millennials. And I, I can see that in my own family. But we, they, they think they know and 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 the next thing after awareness and um, uh, exploring is to give yourself permission to have an experience. This is my third step, right? Give yourself permission. We as women, one of the key things that we are missing in our that is ancient comes from ancient civilization is rites of passage and initiation. The average woman has not had a rites of passage or celebration. The Jewish do it with bat mitzvah. When, when a coming of age celebration, our girls come onto their, their uh, menses and are given negative messages. Don't yes. go now. Don't you go get pregnant. Now, yep. you know, you need to go get on the pill. You yep. need to go do whatever. So our, our we have abandoned 
or have amnesia about rites of passage. So I lead a, a, an adult woman's rites of passage. My work has always called me to work with teenagers and young women. But, uh, and so people will always say, well, you know, you need to be doing this for the girls. But if, if we don't get to the mothers of the girls, then they are going to continue to be miseducated because ma when mama's not happy, nobody's happy. And so when I created Good Girls Gone Goddess in, in, um, in the uh, Facebook community, um, I cannot tell you how many women were grieving the good girl choices and decisions they made without having all of the information. They thought that they were pleasing God or their families, mm -hmm. or they were, they were guaranteed that if I do good, then I'll get good. And, wow. and so I, I, I really do think that when you begin to come into this awareness, you have to give yourself permission to also learn more, go have experiences and then do it all over again. Because yeah. After that one experience, now you're going to be, now you're going to be moving different. What happens then is when we are dogmatic and taught to be dogmatic and we haven't healed, we'll become dogmatic about veganism. We'll become do dogmatic about the divine feminine. We'll become dogmatic about uh, uh, consciousness or whatever the thing is. Because the thing is, we learn one thing only be to be able to let that go so we can make room for the next thing. Because the universal laws, scriptures, these things reveal itself to us at the level of our awareness. So yeah. one of the things we go through spiritually is we give up the Bible. I don't do Bible. I don't do church. But when you understand, when you become, when you, the divine feminine practices will show you mm -hmm. that there are codes and, and symbols and levels in each one of these books. Yep. And so you'll be able to decode and you'll be able to embrace practices that a, a lot of people give other names and those names too scare us. And so, um, you know, our spirituality meets us where we are and it it is important um to our bloodline to it's just like our diet Jamie I, I never I, I never forget I heard a naturopath say when we go and we get on diets and we don't know our our lineage oftentimes we're eating we're not eating properly so just because you, you veganism is trending if your bloodline has Irish in it and my bloodline has uh, 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 Jamaican or something in it, right? There are certain foods that I should not only should I eat, but I should use in my practices practices to honor my ancestors, to yeah. to, to to acknowledge them. So that's something that simple is something that we learn belly to belly in in experience and process. A woman, a girl learns by watching her mother. Yeah. A girl that, yes, we should be verbal. And there is a verbal history for both male and female. But even for the mother who is disempowered, the mother who is empowered, the, whatever the case, she learns how to be a woman through the woman that's in front of her. And so we also got have to give up the idea that we get just one mother. It, I had, I've had many women mother me along my journey because my mother had the capacity to bring me only so far, which I'm so grateful for.
but it's the other mothers on my journey that have taken me, uh, taken me through corporate America, how to show up in the boardroom, how to show up in a meeting. It, it's a woman who's taken me through reinvention when I came out of religion and I was still wearing baggy clothes and didn't know my shape. I talk about that in my book as well. It was a woman who said, come here, let me show you what you are working with. Mm-hmm. And put me in clothes to show me my shape. It's a woman. So we have many mothers. Our girlfriends are oftentimes mother. We're mothering each other in our sisterships. Yep. So, and and we have to be open to that. Let me ask you, <laughs> in the journey, and as as you you like you said, it's about awareness. It's about your level of consciousness. Because as mm-hmm. you can become conscious, your DNA, you'll unlock DNA. You'll, it's already there. It's just a matter of unlocking it and getting mm-hmm. access to it. Like you said, yeah. the Kashi yeah. records, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. It's just it's being able there. to tap That's in. That's what Jesus said. Young Jesus yeah. said it's all there. <laughs> what I find is that I think there's, I want to find the right approach, right? So as we're all stepping into this leadership with this divine feminine energy. We don't want to leave the people, those women behind who are insecure because they're not speaking the language. They don't know, you know, they haven't had the journey through Nation of Islam. They they, they don't know the language. They don't know what Akashic record is. They don't know that, you know, yeah. but they're willing and able to figure themselves out. Yeah. And so I don't want to leave those women behind because that's the ones we have to reel in. So I usually call it, you know, standing in the gap, right? We have to stand in the gap. So how do we accommodate ourselves as leaders in this divine feminine energy to accommodate those women so we could help raise their consciousness? Well, I was listening to Reverend Ike the other day. And um, when we talk about feminine abundance, which I'm doing a training on uh, that starts on Monday, VIP starts tomorrow, feminine abundance. That's also a foreign language to many women. What's the difference between feminine abundance and that Abundance, type of- period, is a foreign period. language. That's our birthright. <laughs> abundance, period. Yes. Foreign. And so Reverend Ike said, I used to think that I was going to save the world mm-hmm. until he finally, he said, those that don't want to be saved, then they can just go to hell and I need to save myself. It was so powerful in the moment because when I first started my ministry or answering my call to ministry, I thought too that I was going, I had a message for the world that mm-hmm. I would save the world. Um, I've given up on that idea of saving the world. So I accommodate my sisters in the way that I teach publicly on my page, because most of the times those are the watchers. They watch what you do. They won't like a post. They won't engage because they don't want anybody to know they're in proximity to it. Mm, I like that. The watchers. The watchers. Oh yeah. There's a whole thing in spirituality called monitoring spirits. That's not Mm. necessarily the same as watchers. The watchers are watching, but they're afraid to engage. The monitoring spirits will will watch what you're doing and then go take it and duplicate it. And I and I'm and I'm glad that this came up organically because 
everybody is not an ally to to the divine feminine and to womanhood. I agree. If, if we say that there are people who look like us, but they aren't us, we have to accept the same thing for for woman womanhood. So to, so this idea, this this altruistic idea that everybody's going to get on board, it may happen in stages. Just like the am, the spiritual amnesia happened in stages, the the de-evolution of our civilizations happened in stages. The evolution and the and the return to the mother is something that is happening in stages. All I can do is be is do my divine assignment. All you can do is do your divine assignment. And then what we what we could do more of is collaboration over competition. What yeah. we could do more of is a hand up instead of a hand out. What we could do more of is understanding uh, what entitlement really means in commerce and not in in woundedness because entitlement and woundedness means that I'm coming into the room always to take, always to get, to see what you got. That's what we have going on with this, this social media world, with these conferences, these fake um, uh, influencers, this, this thing where women are getting their asses blown up. Excuse me, I didn't even ask for permission to, to do any expletives. On, on, but my point is that we, we have women who look like they're feminine, but they think like men. And until it when we talk about initiation, it's not just about a system initiating you. There is something in you, and you said it earlier. I don't want to lose it because in my belly leaped when you said it. You said, you say yes, and you say yes, and you say yes. Yeah. Well, the meaning of juicy from my book is joyfully unveiling intimacy's creative yes. I do a lot of, I spend a lot of time teaching women about their yes, because the world always is teaching us to find power through our no. But I, I believe that we're the woman who is saying yes, she is the one that we don't leave behind because she doesn't want to be left behind. There are some women who want to be left behind. Case and point. There are still places in America where women cannot go into a pulpit. And there are other women who sit on those boards, on those, and they talk, they have a problem with women in the pulpit. They support that. So am I going to waste my time and energy and my joy? Because joyfully, joyfully is, is important. Yeah. And so ple pleasure is an important thing. So when, when a woman begins to step into her pleasure and living a pleasured life, then it really is such a transformative uh, experience that women who are addicted to pain will stay there. I know that was a long answer. And no, so there's an acceptance, even as mother, there's a time when a mother even has to, to let her children go. And so there's a time when, when, when they become adults, you, because in other words, people have their own choices. Yeah. I get it. And I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Stay on the cross or you can choose to get off. Yeah. And I usually say, listen, I'm going to stay in my embodiment. Now I'm going to give you a seed. If you want more, you'll come back because you like that seed, but Absolutely. I'm not going to go out there to try to, to, to force it on you. And we can't force divinity on nobody because then we're, we're like every other religion that's out there. Yes. Evangelists. Right? 
exactly. <laughs> proselytizing right. to mother. Yeah, no. we have to be this energy. We have to exactly. live it every day with our children, with our husbands, in our house, in the workplace. We have yes. to embody the energy. So we tapped on it a little bit about embodiment. But what is that? What is embodiment? What is embodying this divine feminine energy? The first way to that I can describe embodiment is you move out of your head and into your heart. Ooh, that's good. You start to take it into the feminine. You yes. move it out of your head, into your heart, and into your womb. Yeah. I love the that. alignment for uh, for the divine feminine is her womb, her heart, and her head. All the chakras in between line up when she, when those ones are activated. Yeah. So that is, that is embodiment to, to me. Embodiment also is how we practice with our families um, in our relationships. Um, embodiment, it sometimes can mean a dark night of the soul where something is, 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 feels like it's dying so that something else can be reborn. I continue, I was going to change the name of my work from Rebirth Sis because I have gone through so many rebirths and sometimes I, I, I look at the material I've written in one stage of the journey and it was great for then. And it's so different now because I have a different understanding. So I always tell the women in my tribe, you never, you, you can say, Oh, I had, I went, I went through rites of passage with you. I'm done. Nope. Because my work meets you in the season that you are in. And so I think embodiment is also us meeting ourselves in the season that we're in. Sometimes we need to, um, tap, tap, and, and let me say this, we, we, the, the divine feminine energy can also be in balance. You have to be able to tap and use your own masculine. So a lot of times we are at war with the masculine and the way it shows up is in our relationship with men, our fathers, our, our, our mates and our sons. I'm glad you brought that up because self-mastery is when you heal both those energies within yourself. Yes, both. And, it, and you have to heal both the masculine and the feminine. I mean, that that's a part of it. It's now, both since you, and, not either or. Yeah. And before I move on to that, because I do want to tap on that, that, this masculine energy that we have to heal. Rebirth, we go through this every single month. There's just being in the medical field, there's so many women who don't want their cycles, who hate their cycles who talk so bad about it but this is our whole creative energy when we yeah. get in tune with our weeks and our cycles we know exactly where we're at and that Absolutely. is birth and a rebirth and a death and just like the four seasons we do this in four weeks we do it in four weeks yes girl you talking good now. Yeah, That's so rebirth yeah. is who we are we're nature, yes. we're gonna constantly go through winter, fall, spring, and summer over and over and, and over, over again. and over again. And that is why that was my rebirth because when, so it was plant medicine that facilitated me on a journey to meet the divine mother where she gave me my marching orders and cleared ah. the debt of feeling like I needed to have physical children. 
Okay. She told me you are did you, already. Did you go through ayahuasca? I, I went through the through um the mushroom. Okay. First. You gotta you gotta talk about that because I want to shed the positive light on that. Now I believe that you can't keep going through this plant medicine because you're not doing the work. But oh, I think absolutely. if you're going through it to get that insight, to get what, what's blocking you, I think that's so beneficial. And yeah. we have to, I want you to talk about your experience because this also kind of gets a bad light as well. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So- so again, I, I know it's real. I love it. You know, I don't, I, I, I highly recommend it, but I do always recommend that it's guided and it's done in sacred ceremony. I'm not one who used drugs in my, in my, um, sewing oats years. Again, I was a nation girl. So I was building, I was, I was married at 19 years old. So I, I really, um, when I talk about the good girl, I really mean that, right. I, yeah. so I, to learn and undo a lot of Southern judgments about smoking weed, doing this. I, so I stayed away from it. But you know, in the South, we love a good drink. We might, might not, we might be talk about, oh, they're smoking that weed, but the folks will get good and drunk. And yeah, okay. that's true. so my point with that is this when I, as I, um, because I fell in love again with my my husband and it reactivated my desire to be a mother. I, I, I have many stories about uh, motherhood and women who, who are chosen to be childless because that alone is a story and a process. Because um, yeah. I've gone from wanting it to not wanting it, to being on the fence, to being free and clear about who I am as mother. Yeah. And so so um, it was plant medicine that that facilitated that non understanding when i tell you that an ache of wanting that a woman who wants a child or who is in love with her husband and wants to do that it, it was you know it's sacred because first of all i did not go in there to clear a block i did not know what i was going to experience i just had a i have them surrounded by a community of practitioners Okay. who were doing who were doing um plant medicine and one of the things they said was you you move past you take a quantum leap through the pineal gland so anything that has been calcified that it takes you a long time this is why we have to do meditation and to and use all these tools and eat right and all these things just so we can tap into ourselves well plant medicine is a cheat code but it's not just a cheat code it absolutely is something that that in our ancient civilizations the medicine men and women use to heal to reveal because we are we are not just these earthbound beings we have this might be too deep, but I'm gonna say it's it not. No, it's not. I know where you're going. Yeah, cosmic <laughs> ancestors, right? So um when I went into the experiences, I whew, I'll never forget it. It changed my absolute life. This is somebody who is I'm a metaphysician, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm ordained, I'm I, I have a I have degrees and certifications, and I'm telling you nothing. If I if it, nothing healed me in us in a moment of something that nobody could explain, not even my doctors, I'm not infertile, but I wasn't getting, getting pregnant. 
And so um, I was never declared infertile. You understand? But when she said, I did not, I did not uh, call you here for this lifetime to do that. You've mm -hmm. already done that in many lifetimes. I called you to return the hearts of the daughters back to the mother. Mm. I changed my life. And, I, and I, that's so important because sometimes we're here hoping and wishing for something that we're not even missioned to do in this lifetime. Ooh, and you've good. lived so many lifetimes. So it's so important to know what is your purpose in this lifetime. Yes. It's so yes. important to know that. So you got that message during that sacred uh, plant medicine through mushrooms then did that just ease you? Did that say, I'm redirecting my energy. I know why I'm here. Let's do it. It softened me into yeah. full embrace of my, my sweetest, most tender divine yeah. feminine self, because I knew for sure nothing was missing. Yes. Nothing had to be proved. Yes. And what it did was it also realigned me to be so much more available fully to my divine work. Yes, I love and that. And to the women that I'm called to, to, to serve. There's a certain kind of woman that's attracted to rebirth. Um, and that, and, and it took me a while to even not take that on. Let me tell you though, what, just like the divine feminine, I grew up with, just like the divine feminine will call, will sh you'll see signs. Even when in my friend group in junior high school, they used to call me the mama of the group. Mm. Then I go on and do something else, and they call me mom. The, oh, you know she she's mama. And then they'll say, oh, then they start saying big mom. And mm. I used to, I used to resist it. So this is I, this is key for somebody listening. There is something in your divine assignment that you are the most resistant to. Yeah. That is a clue. The thing you're most resistant to often has the most medicine for you. Mm. And I just, I just love that that gave you that just because I, I don't birth a child that doesn't make me inadequate as a woman. And that's, that, that's a wound for a lot of women. So I'm really glad that you're transparent. You were able to share that with our listeners because people really have that wound. They really do have that wound. Let's switch gears about our masculine traumas and our masculine wounds as women, all right? Um, and right now we know it's all over because you probably see it on social media, you know, soft girl era, you know, the men are complaining. They want a feminine woman, you know, what's, what's the masculine wound? Let me start with, with men who say they want a feminine woman. Most of them don't know what the hell they're talking about because their mother wasn't feminine. If we would tell the truth. And that could be their own wound showing up in there. They, they have been wounded mm -hmm. by an over-masculinized mother, a mother who was carrying all the responsibility and they want, they wanted their mother to be softer, but who would, who, what man is going to say, I, I needed my mother to not call me out my name. What man is going to say, I need my mother to stop hollering all the time at me. I needed my mother to stop cursing me out because I look like my father or act like my father. Most, there's very few unless they have done their work. 
So, so this, these young men who don't even, they never live with a woman other than their mother. They never been in a full relationship with a mother. I, so, but we're in the season, the age of Aquarius where people need to talk. We need to uh, put it out there. It's okay. So I'm not judging you, brother, if you're watching this podcast, but you don't know the, what the divine feminine is. You can't. And, and that's what I'm talking about. There's a generation who think they, they know, but that's not strange. We had TD Jakes, women that are loose telling women how they needed to be. I've always had a, a, a bell go off in me. Why are men telling any woman how they need to woman? I question that all the time, <laughs> all the time. Like I, I, I that was a, a guy I had, uh, interviewed and I, I, there, you will never understand the emotions, the energy carrying the womb. You'll never understand that. And I've always wondered why there's so many men teaching women how to be women. And I find that we don't do a good job as women being open, coming to another woman that you, not saying any woman, but a woman that you admire, a woman that you see out there doing her thing, making an impact, and you like her energy, you like what she represents. How about you go to that woman and say, hey, I love what you're doing. How can I be a part of this? How well, can let I me go grow? back to your first question? Because I know, I was I'm giving you all with... kinds of questions. <laughs> It's okay. I was I was just dealing with the man first. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Let's, but let's I want to answer I want to answer your question because many the it, it ties into your the second part of your question because many of us are craving daddy. Yeah. So that is why we, many of us are we 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 crave daddy. A girl needs daddy too. And 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 I and this is a daddy's girl. This is a girl who got her heart broken when my mother and father divorced. That that impacted me and changed my my world. My self concept changed. And um and so when we talk about why we let men come in and tell us how to be women, it's because the woman has amnesia number one and patriarchy has been telling women how to be women because this is the work of colonization and our oppressor and so we don't see it because we've been brainwashed through religion that you don't question god well if god is a man then you don't question the man so therefore you just crave the presence of and the covering what what when we want to that soft era what we're saying is we want to be covered because you can't serve what does not cover you. <laughs> you can't be in you, and so the idea of serving um something that that is a, is opposing you, abusing you, you can't fully serve it. So we have an inner conflict that we are not even allowed to question. The God that I serve would allow me to have to have a feminist movement that wasn't even mine. Oh, like the 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 contradictions we haven't been been allowed to question. We have we come through generations. There was a silent generation who were just trying to survive and went through things and atrocities that they did not talk about if they got through it, if they weren't killed through it. We have and then we have baby boomers and and they were trying to they gave up everything that our that that agriculture that that represented our freedom and our commerce and our our uh, our sustainability they we were told to go to college and and get a degree so we abandoned the farm life and those types of things we looked down upon grandpa and granddaddy and so now we're returning you see us trying to return to all of those things but that's not your question the, but 
when it comes to our masculine, many of us are like motherless and fatherless children. Spiritually, we have been orphaned. Yeah. I so we, we had, don't, we, it's not just women who have the mother wound. You know, it started off years ago talking about daddyless daughters. Yeah. And so when, when you touch any one of these tender spots, some people will run because the programming is so hard that you don't question, you don't ask, it's too painful. I don't want to deal with it. And what we're doing, that is called pathology. We're holding in place the generational curses as they teach you in traditional religion, patterns as in psychology. We have generational patterns and pathologies that we are holding in place. And one of them is the relationship with the masculine. Can I tell you a quick story? I try to say Abs it real quick. Yeah, absolutely. I have a Costa, uh, I lived abroad in Costa Rica. Um, uh, and so we met a black woman in, in Costa Rica who became our Costa Rican mother. She owned an Airbnb, still owns it in Costa Rica. Now she's living in, um, Africa, Africa. And she is, uh, she just did a video that I'm sharing in my group and to have open some discussion around. And she did an advisory, a cautionary tale to black women coming to Africa, expecting that Africans treat them the way that they're treated in, in the modern American society. And she said, you come over here with all that mouth and you're you, with your women's live and that type of thing. And you anywhere you go in other parts of the world, women have a different type of battle. One is for respect, yes. But another one is men are still providing. There's no lack consciousness around men. There's no desperation around men. But, but this thing, this attack on our men is systemic. So the way that women feel about our men bleeds over. And when you go and, and you're, you're traveled and you go and sit with the world, not only do they not hold their men the same way, we we have to hold hold our relationship with our men sacred again. Yeah. I, I'm not one of these goddess energy women telling you it's all about the divine feminine. No, there is no divine feminine without the divine masculine, whether you feel it in you and in your bloodline or whether you're in relationship with another physical masculine being, even if you are same sex loving woman, you, if you have a divine masculine wound, it will show up in your same sex loving relationship. Mm -hmm. And in my journey, it wasn't until I was healed and whole in my feminine and my masculine before I met and magnetized my twin flame to me. Same. And when I tell you that whole experience was just literally beyond the cosmos it was literally beyond the cosmos but we we won't we'll, we'll, we only attract what we are right so those wounds that we have we'll keep attracting it in in the opposite in the masculine until we heal it absolutely and you know Risa Tisa is trending on um on TikTok right now and she's a sensation she's made the news and many people are attaching to their experience of being lied to in a relationship. If we stop right there, then we are only we are only creating a pathology soup. Yeah. A spiritual bypass gumbo. Yeah. Because 
there she said so many things to 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 give clues to other people to look at themselves but we get off with looking at somebody else and saying they should have did or I would have never did oh, oh girl yeah I went through that too but have you done the work to undo it now I've heard her say that she's going to do the work but we do have a um have to one start with our mouths our mouths yeah our mouth is a gateway and it is one of the very things that is breaking down our families. Um, and, and what I mean by that is not just how we talk to a man that I'm not coming from just that low vibrational uh, only place of that. Yeah. So about how we talk about our families, how we, how we either spiritually bypass live in denial or just uh, passively accept the pathology of our family without inquiring the same thing we do with God and religion will do it in other areas of our life. And so I think that when we talk about this, right, we have to look at what was mama's relationship with, with her, your father, her husband, or more than one husband, what yeah. was my grandmother's relationship? How does she hold that? How does she sit in her yeah. womanhood? Yeah. So then now, okay. So, so you can be Christian, you can be Muslim, you can be whatever. Now we don't have to have a religious discussion. Now yeah. we can go into our bloodline and say, okay, let's take it home. Let's bring it right on home because it, it's cool to get mad about P Diddy and, and, and who, and what he's done to abuse women or to what's happening in the industry. But mm -hmm. some of this stuff is happening in your own family. Yep. It's true. And you have to sit there and figure out in your own genealogy, your grandmother, your great grandmother, and on and on, because a lot of times we get so lost in things that don't even involve us right here, right now in this lifetime, right? Yes. That we're yes. so far away from what we, we should be focusing on to heal the, the lineage and why we were even incarnated in this family anyway. Right. And healing doesn't necessarily mean I got to go sit down and just have a conversation with no. mom. It goes back to your, your, what your question, how do we bring people along with some of us can't even bring our own mother along. They can, they're not even awakened to this journey. I'm, I, I, sometimes I talk with two, they look at me like I have two heads in my family. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when you're, the, when you're the black sheep of the family, they, you're the, you're often the one who is with, uh, coded with the assignment to go out and get this information so your healing work is for you it's yes. for you to do and to live a life that's rich and abundant and wealthy that you are so magnetic you're so turned on you're so juicy that you pull people into you because you're living well if you're angry if this knowledge this wisdom makes you angry and self-righteous you're no different than anybody that has has condemned you to a heaven or a hell. You're no different. And so I say, let your joy be the magnet. Let your let your wins be the magnet. Let my the the old church said, let my work speak for me. That's it. <laughs> and you know, it's our birthright to live joyous, loving, prosperous, yes. and healthy, to be loved. And to be loved and to be healthy in this in this earth. That is our Absolutely. birthright. So yes. I'm going to ask just two more questions and then we're going to wrap up. Okay. First of all, 
Tell us about Juicy and how can our listeners reach you and get in contact with you for any of your services? Okay. Juicy is my is uh, is a book that I wrote called My My Juicy Rebirth: A Journey uh, to, uh, to Healing the Feminine Through Pleasure and Sacred Process. Now, the process came before the book. <laughs> of course, <laughs> absolutely. You, know, so, you gotta be able because what I you it's like you get things subconsciously in your body, but you can't even verbalize it. You can't put it into words yet. It's, it's absolutely. I got absolutely. You. And it is um, the I truly was rebirthed through this divine feminine through healing my feminine and through pleasure was the first thing that healed me. I say that I have a ministry of pleasure because there's nothing that I teach that does not include pleasure. Mm -hmm. Pleasure was a bad word because I came out of uh, uh, with a, a circle of many women in ministry. And they would love to talk pleasure and orgasm with me privately, sis. Mm -hmm. But when I when I when I stepped out and offered juicy to the world, I had to do this. It was my rites of passage as yeah. well. So I went through my own rites of passage and then offering it. And then there's been several levels of that. But juicy stands for joyfully unveiling. Many of us need to take the veil off of the thing that's standing between us and our joy. Intimacies. Intimacy means into me, I see. Um, creative and sometimes courageous. Sometimes it's courageous to be creative and it's creative to be courageous. Yeah. And intimacy, uh, courageous or creative, yes. And this is where the yes comes in. When we begin to say yes to the desires of our heart, we open something up. And so that is my work. That is the work of that I do with feminine leaders um, in rites of passage process. I'm currently offering a seven a seven day process right now to get a taste of juicy, and it is called the Fab Factor, the Feminine Abundance Basics. The, I affectionately call it the Get Juicy Seven because yeah. it, it it allows you to get a taste of joyfully unveiling intimacy's creative yes that leads you to the abundance in your feminine, your finances, um, and your family. And so th this seven day process is absolutely um, can meet you in any season of your life. It starts on Monday. VIP starts on Saturday. And I do invite you to get in. How you can get in touch with me is rebirthwithlatanya.info um, or you can find the link to my, uh, in the, the link to my bio. And I can go add it on these notes and the uh, yeah, as well. On all platforms. So Rebirth with Latanya on all platforms is how you'll find me. Rebirth with Latanya on all platforms. And I have a link in my bio. If you don't know how to get to the bio, just click on my profile picture and just read there. Now, with Juicy, now I know you cover a lot of things because when you talk about rites of passage, I mean, that's that's everything. And that is awakening different parts of who you are. Um, because I want people to understand that through your um, through your self-discovery and awakening your human body, you come into your goddess. That's that's really what it's about. Goddess. Now, I know how powerful our sexual, I call it creative energy is. Yeah. And I know when you are in that energy with, especially in a loving, unconditional love with your divine masculine, 
you are creating so much for generations, your entire family. Yes. People don't even understand. Like you could really do it, especially if it's a desire of your heart. Is You are literally calling out to the cosmos. So just a tad bit, do you cover that in Juicy? Do I? I'm doing a special session for, for wives uh, for this one. Every seven days, we'll have a different theme based off of, uh, off of the, what the culture is saying the needs are in womanhood. And right now, we need wives. There are so many women throwing away their marriages, throwing mm -hmm. away their families, and talking to their men sideways. We don't deal with the, how how... Um, how aggressive we are. So, so absolutely do I deal with it. And let me tell you, I deal with it be in my life first. And, and it's so, I think that, 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 that chakra, that sacral chakra, that root chakra, yeah. where all that energy is, is so important because when that's not unlocked, it's hard to unlock everything else, absolutely. especially the heart. So Listen. Yeah, when you come, when women come to me, most of the time they could be a wife or they could be single. They can, but they can manifest a new relationship in their marriage or manifest the new relationship of the of of their choosing. That's how I did it. Yeah. I, I I can I can assure you that it is the divine. My husband is a divine masculine who activates my divine feminine, who reminds me of my juicy, who reminds me of my divine dis, uh, assignment. Um, we massively, and we activate each other. We, we activate, activate each other. other. When you make love, see it more as ceremony. Oh my Jesus. God. You <laughs> cannot, if you are literally with your partner and you're not, you're not visioning and you're not creating in your yes. mind what you want, you are wasting your time and your life force energy anytime you do that. So if you're, you're literally, masturbating. You're, that's it. That's it. So I'm going to get juicy because I want to tap into that. I'm okay. definitely going to get that. Come on. Yeah. So yeah. my last question is, what is the current matter of your heart right now? The current matter of my heart is potency. I could not have answered that question had I not been in a mastermind with my own husband. Mm -hmm. And I and we went in so deep the other day that the that spirit said potency because I was focusing on all of the things that would make me impotent. Mm. So you we wanna we wanna affirm, but when you affirm, you also have to deny. So I had to de deny the things that I was giving too much power to create and attract and pull in the desires that I that I, that I uh, have in my heart. That's and, right. And, and I'm telling you, man, he asked me a, just a couple of questions, and he said, "Focus on that." Yeah. And that, so that is the 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 condition of my heart is potency to be more potent in the spiritual gifts that I'm called to do, even though it may not look like anybody else in the marketplace, even though I may not sound like anybody, even though I don't have 10,000 followers, even though I sometimes have to walk this journey alone, I am mighty potent. I'm, I'm, I'm a potent woman. There's nothing impotent about my work. My work is so powerful that when women come in it, they sometimes have to go and, and, and integrate it later or do it again. So I, the, my, the matter of my heart is potent to love with my full heart, to oh. open my 
my heart, to create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit so that I can do the work that I'm called to do. In this season of solar flares, of DNA upgrades, in this season of Pluto moving into Aquarius, because we got to know how we're designed. And that I definitely do uh, I love that work, Janie, because understanding your design is everything to staying juicy. You come and get juicy, but when you do the private work with me, I help you to stay juicy. And, and, and you know, even though I work in TV and you hadn't seen it on TV, hopefully you'll get a chance to see that. But, um, you know, my work, you many of you all have seen it um, on Eon La Fix My Life. And uh, other things, you know, within other people, I have many celebrity clients. And what I can tell you is that this factor that we're talking about is a equalizer. It doesn't matter how many red bottoms you wear, how many stages you're on, how many followers you have. The, the question you asked me, what is the condition of your heart is the game changer for every woman. Thank That's you for it. asking me that question. I yeah. needed to over my life today. Yeah, and I stand in agreement with you with that and because I know that when because the heart is a magnetizer, it is way more magnetic than the brain, and that's straight science and facts. So mm -hmm. when you literally, when you come from those desires from your heart, a pure heart, mm -hmm. not out of something that's wounded or something that's out of spite or wounds that you can't see, but when you come with a pure heart, the universe says yes. There's that yes again. It says yes. Yes is yours to have. Yes. That's yes. it. Yes. Well, I appreciate you so much. I mean, you know, there's so much we could talk about, but I want to be respectful of your time. And maybe we could have this conversation again because there's still some stuff that we didn't get to tap into. But what didn't we tap into so we can set it up for part two? <laughs> well, I wanted to talk a little bit more about genealogy. I wanted to oh, talk yeah. about the oppression part. There's so much yeah. that we could just go down. Like there's just so much, but it's all good. There's always a part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So guys, if you want to reach out to Latanya, please reach out. I'm going to attach the links to this podcast for you guys to reach out. Check out her book. Check out her course that's coming up. You started on Monday, right? It starts on Monday. VIP starts tomorrow. That's okay. where we're going to do the supplemental for wives. So this is a perfect time. If you are ready to tap into your divine feminine energy, if you're ready to heal yourself so that you could heal your lineage, your children, and, and create, because we're creators, and create the life, the relationship, the wealth that you want is yours to have, is, is here. This is it. So I'll catch you guys on the next episode. This podcast is inspired by love, relationships, spirituality, justice, culture, family, children, finances, freedom, personal growth, energy and vibration, universal principles, health, education, masculine and feminine principles, music and all things of the heart. And so we appreciate you guys. This is how we align our hearts with our minds for perfect alignment. And we will catch you guys at the next episode. Take care. Thank you, Latanya. Oh, thank you.